With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. And welcome to the European show. I am your host, Mo Stewart, and it's a welcome back because we haven't done a European show for a while. But there's a very special reason why we might be needing to do a European show. I don't know if you've heard, Liverpool have signed somebody. That's right, Liverpool signed Cody Gakpo from PSV. And to talk about Cody Gakpo, we have an Eredivisie expert alongside us, Michael Statham, that's joined the show. Michael, thank you for coming on. Thanks. I'm back again. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> now, this deal kind of was like an extra Christmas present for most of us on Boxing Day. It kind of came out of nowhere. But if you look at the player himself, he does fit a lot of the criteria we see with FSG signings. He's a young player who has experience coming into prime form recently, but still with the ability to develop further. The thing I've been interested in is the reaction from the Netherlands to this. We've seen his former fan base, we've seen his club and even the league itself kind of tweet their best wishes to him. Is this move to a club like Liverpool kind of seen as a positive over there as opposed to them being sad to lose such a great talent from their league? It always is because you've you've got a league full of young talents and that's what they want. They want it to be a stepping stone for bigger things because they know that if players like Cody Hapo stay to their 23, they're getting the best out of them and then improves the league and so on. People stay longer. People know that it will be a great move when they can get it. And it's great as well to see a player going, again, from the top of the Eredivisie to the top of the Premier League and not in the middle of the league, which sometimes can be useful for players who need that extra move. But it's good to see that top club has still got the faith in the league. And I think it's one that is improving still. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always the way. Usually players that stay to the end of the season. So this was a bit of a surprise. But I think it was a surprise that Hapo stayed over the summer, actually. So this is like bonus. I think he wanted that regular football before the World Cup. It was worth it. Mm-hmm. And now he's got the move. Yeah. So it's kind of played out exactly to plan for him, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, very much so. I think there's a lot of talk of uh, the World Cup being a shop window beforehand. And yeah, he more than anyone appears to have used it to his advantage. But I want to talk a little bit more about the area of the Divisie in general, because we have already seen the comparisons. Uh, I think Matai Kesman only gets trending every time a player is bought from the area of the And he's probably kind of sick of it by now. But there is this kind of feeling in England that it's uh, a, a lesser league, let's just say. But the reality is, is that... It is an improving division, Eredivisie. And if you compare it to, say, the Portuguese league, which Liverpool have taken Luis Diaz and Darwin Nunes from recently, it's at least a comparison, if not better. Yeah, the Eredivisie is a growing league. And if you pay attention to the UEFA coefficient, it's the sixth best league right now in Europe. It's overtaken Portugal. And then you just said there are the great players that have come from the Portuguese league and everyone goes on about a great bargain for Benfica or Porto. And yet, yeah. I think the Eredivisie can be a stronger league in that respect if you look at some of the top teams in the league and also the strength throughout it and what's just beneath those top teams um, nowadays anyway. Um, there was a time where it was pretty weak, but I think it's getting stronger. I'm not saying it's a Premier League. I know that. 
it's never going to be as good as that because of the money that's in the league. But you've got some teams that are very strong and Hapo's been playing at a high level, not just in Eredivisie, but also in Europe um, and, of course, the World Cup. But I think people will criticise his lack of doing things in those bigger games where like, maybe British f- football fans have watched him play against Leicester, they've watched him play against Rangers maybe, and they said, well, he wasn't very effective in those games and people were banging on about him. Um, yeah, that's right. It was a criticism that was made of him and it's by myself too, but he has actually improved that. It's, you know, young players do get better and he has done over the past few months and he's proven it on a big stage. He got an assist against Arsenal in a really good win for PSV over them. And um, while well, the World Cup, I think people watched him in the World Cup and he's shown he can play more than one position as well. He's got sort of three positions now. He can hopefully fill for Liverpool, maybe four. And yeah, I think it's a good move for him. I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp tries to try him in those four, particularly in training, so <laughs> we'll have to see. But you mentioned the big game thing there, and there is this thing in England yeah. that we only really judge players by how they play against us. And you mentioned uh, the Conference League games against Leicester where he was kind of marked out of the game to a certain extent. Although, interestingly, he still found time to put in twice as many crosses as anyone else on the pitch. <laughs> but... I want to talk about the game that I saw him that really kind of marked him out for me, which was the home game against Arsenal, which was just before the World Cup break. Now, Arsenal dominated possession in that game. They had most of the shots, but PSV were the deadlier team, and Gakpo in particular. I mean, the goals that were disallowed, if some of those had been allowed, he would have been a lot more people talking about it. So... You say um, this argument of him not being able to do it in big games. Do you think that that's something that's maybe outdated? And as you say, he's a young player improving. That's one thing that's only going to get better. Yeah, he's a young player that's only going to get better. Uh, I I know that he has got some weaker size to his game. But if you play the right way, you know, you're going to get around some of those. Um, I'm sure that goes for lots of players in in their own strengths and weaknesses. With... With Cody, it seems that he's better when he has only one play up against him. You know, if he's double, triple marked, he finds that really quite difficult, as most players would. But, you know, he tends to thrive when he has a, a bat space. Um, that much is obvious. And I think if you have him as the only player to, to get out of a game, let's say that's against Leicester, when he was constantly get, going, coming further and further back to get the ball, he can't play with his back to goal. He can't play when it's really deep on the pitch. He has to be set free like... Arsenal's high line, for example, yeah, he can make the most of that. He can make the most of those crosses into the box, if that's a cross or if it's a corner, let's say. Those are his strengths. And um, coming in and, and, and shooting as well. Um, all things that he's developed, obviously, is not like it's always been a thing for him, but his, his goal scoring and his crossing has added to that with what, what else he brings, the way he carries the ball, Um yeah, he's really effective and he's had to work hard on it. He's had to bat off some of the criticism from Dutch media, then also sort of European football media when he played against British sides before. And um, fair play to him. Yeah, uh, that, that bodes well for Liverpool as well, the fact that he's been able to work on those things. Because, again, from the outside, we hear a lot about his speed and his dribbling ability. Sometimes you see players who have those as natural-born gifts and then you don't necessarily see them adding things to his game. Have you been able to see, you mentioned like his finishing as well. Uh, I look at him as a player, I think 
not only his acceleration, but it's his balance on the ball. To be able to, the ability to go both ways with the ball is something that really marks him out for me. And these things that he's had to add um, bit by bit, and obviously going into a team like Liverpool, who's going to have maybe be a lot more uh, different way of playing. Is that going to help him adapt that ability to keep adding bits to his game? Yeah, he's... I, I think one of the big steps for him was when he played sometimes as a striker for PSV when they needed him to be there because he could show that he was still really effective in that position too, not that it's his best position. But against Eredivisie sides, he has got a bit more height and a bit more strength than some of the defenders. That helped him a lot there where he could use his height but also just in the box in general he managed to work out some space he managed to get the finishing in and show that he's really deadly and I, th I think he's almost leveled his goals and assists from last season already from 14 LBC games he's not there yet but he's he's the, the <laughs> what he was churning out is incredible yeah his strongest position is on the left though and I think he's had to adapt how teams now see him as a main threat rather than being one of the threats of PSV um, in the last 18 months in particular. He has found it hard when he's come up against those bigger sides in the Eredivisie as well. But another one of those big moments was in May. He won the Dutch Cup against Ajax and it was really important in that. He scored a goal from outside the area. It's a great finish. And it was like the trophy that he always wanted as a PSV fan himself, leading that team to something before we moved on. Um, yeah, that was, that was a big moment for him. Now, you mentioned that cup final and the goal he scored in it was fantastic. In fact, those of you out there who will have been devouring every Gakpo compilation out there will have seen that he does strike a decent curler from the outside of the box. Yeah. And having that threat from deep as well as being able to drive into the forward area is going to be something that we see, uh, well, it's hopefully going to see a lot for Liverpool. But we mentioned the difference and his versatility has come up a lot. And it's been highly debated because... It, we've seen it in the past where players have come into Liverpool and said, oh, yes, they can play in lots of positions. But the reality is they are largely more effective in one than the others. But I want to concentrate a little bit on what he's been doing with the Netherlands and the way Louis van Gaal has used them. Obviously, like you say, the Netherlands have got better attacking players, so it's harder for opposition to just all focus in on Gakpo. But do you think it's part of that tactical tweak between club and country that's allowed him to be a little bit more effective in the centre than he has been at the few times he's tried it for PSV? I think it's because of what the Netherlands didn't have, that he had to play in that 10 position. Um, it's quite a complex thing. I mean, it came down to the fact there was no strong right winger from the Netherlands, so they couldn't play with wingers out wide. They got a lot of strong defenders, which is why they played five at the back. It didn't allow for that. The only time he was allowed to play as a left winger was when the Netherlands were pummeling Argentina. They were 2-0 down. And he was trying to put crosses in for those last five or ten minutes. And boy, did he, because he was up against one player. He just cut inside, launched into the box. And most times it was a pretty accurate cross. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, most of the time he played as a 10. Playing behind two, two strikers, quite pacey players as well. Um, Memphis Depay, Stephen Burfine are two players you can mention there. And um, I, I think... He, he, he benefited from that space, didn't he, from in, around the area, behind those players. Where he, he was quite good with his passing and that. But also with his, his striking, obviously the three goals he scored from the three group games, um, one from either foot, one from his head, that he can be effective in those areas. You said 
you know, can it can has that helped him to be more versatile, be more flexible, that kind of thing? I think so, because I never really saw him as a 10 before, but I knew that he could play there because of what he offered on the ball. But you would lose that crossing ability. He was not that wide. But the Netherlands weren't playing that kind of game. Um, but whenever it was a set piece, he was on corners. So mm-hmm. that helped having him from, having that that um, part of his game there. I think as a 10, it's opened up his way of playing. He can play in the centre as a striker, but can he play as a 10? The answer now is yes. And Van Hal saw that he's effective in those areas. That's why he did it. But he didn't expect someone who was going to keep the ball like Frank de Jong or anything, because Hapo will not be playing deeper in his career. Um, I mean, in fact, like his games, um, Scattergun's the wrong word. He's someone who will just go for it and he will be quite quite direct, whether that's across a shot. And he's not someone who's going to necessarily keep the ball. Um, in fact, sometimes he was criticised for being a little wasteful from his from shooting. But I think PSV benefited far more from him doing that than him not doing that. A player that's similar to that kind of thing is Hakim Ziyech, who would do the same thing. He'd do a lot of shooting and quite effective for Ajax, who missed some others, of course. Um, but it was worth having. Definitely. And I think, again, you talked about the difference between the other players around him. I think when you've got the likes of Salah and Nunes around who are going to be occupying defenders, that kind of space to come in, exactly. uh, advance into from an attacking midfield, sounds like it could be kind of perfect for him. Speaking of the the players already at Liverpool and how we might adapt, obviously when he comes in initially, there is that gap on the left wing with the injuries to Diaz and and, uh, Diogo Jota in particular. But once they are back, there's been a lot of talk of what's he going to do, where's he going to play, who's going to play with. I am interested in the potential dynamic between him and Darwin Nunes whether he's playing from the left and putting in those crosses to a big striker or if he's playing as a number 10 and maybe feeding off some of the scraps of the same big striker. It seems to me like he might be the Liverpool player who benefits most from having Gakpo in the side. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I would agree, particularly from the left wing, but I know a lot can be made of a player having to play a particular position in, in a side. I think that flexibility will be important. Predominantly, though, I think from the left wing with Nunez is going to be he's going to be most beneficial um, putting the crosses in. Uh, I, I could see that against Aston Villa, that if Liverpool had that player go on the outside as well as the inside, Ashley Young would have had an even harder time of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think that would have been really good for Liverpool against against Villa. But going on from there, you know, the game's quite similar to that where can have that space or is it going to be quite deep lying? Well, I mean, he's done it for PSV. They've been quite deep lying defences and he's been that difference to unlock it, unlock those defences at times. Um, but when when things are really open and let's say a team's, let's say PSV are 3-0 up, they can go on and score 4-5 and 6 if Hapo's still on the pitch because <laughs> he's just that deadly in those areas where the team's tiring and space has opened up. He really benefited from that. Um, yeah, I think I think from the left wing would be that he's, he's wisest move, if you like, for, for Klopp to do, because 
you will get the best of his crossing ability. Um, and I hope he gets put on things like corners as well. I don't have a stat, unfortunately, of how many they've scored this season from him putting cross into the box. But I can tell you they've scored from a lot of corners, thanks to him, over those last 18 months. No, and I mean, to be fair, Liverpool generally have some quite good players for taking corners in the mm. fullbacks, but there, there might be times when we need the fullbacks to be a little bit more defensively minded. So it's good to have another option in there to take yeah. it. And from what you were saying, it sounds like as much as he might not necessarily be starting every game once Diaz and Jota return, he's going to be a deadly weapon potentially from the bench. And we saw with Liverpool last season that those that ability to bring on a game changer from the bench at a time when teams are tiring was a real advantage. So that's something that maybe we've missed this season. Do you think that he's going to be able to bring that back? Yeah, especially having five subs nowadays, like that is the brilliant thing. You've got half an hour to go, bring on to a double, triple sub, and he's one of those players. He will get lots of games, won't he? He's going to be played as a left winger to begin with. You can see him maybe getting benched occasionally for rest or, or for those two games in a week. He'll come on as a 10. He might come on as a, as a winger. He, he hasn't been tried really in the, the right wing position. That is something else, again, could be interesting. But he's he's always good, though, when he can cut him, whether that's for a cross or a shot. So I can see him being put main in the left. And now that he's played as a 10, yeah, why not? Um, mm -hmm. Defensive rate, though, like he does work hard. He's that kind of man, if you like, but he's not someone who's going to always be comfortable getting back time and time again because you don't get the best out of him then on the counter-attack. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that he'll be doing his bit, for sure. That was something I wanted to bring up because we have to talk about some of the potential downsides in his game. And one thing that you notice mm -hmm. if you look at his numbers, the pressing numbers and particularly defending from the front is not something that he's quite high on. Now, how much of that do you think is down to the way that PSV played and the way teams play against them? And how much do you think this is something that he's going to have to really work on to be able to be effective for Liverpool? Women from the Netherlands in, in the World Cup, their front three weren't doing much of the pressing because they just decided to sit back off teams. And then when they won the ball back, he was really effective and had that space. Yeah, I think it's something he will have to work on. It's The Premier League is, is so brutal for that. Um, the pace is high. He has to get back and forwards. No, I think you're right. I think when you look at the way that Liverpool play, it does seem like something that he will have to attempt. But he looks like he has the athleticism to do it. And you've already mentioned yeah. he is quite adaptable as a player. So hopefully it's something that he'll pick up. I wanted to talk a little bit more. We've, we've kind of hinted on his ability with his link-up play. And you mentioned as well, there's been some talk about him maybe being wasteful with the ball at times. I want to see if he is going to be playing centrally. Obviously, the ability to link up with his teammates is going to be vital. And it's something that we've seen, again, with Darwin Nunes. His early struggles was maybe down to his inability to do that. Do you think that this is overplayed? Because essentially, you look at the numbers and they aren't great. But then the volume that he's been asked to do it, once again, is low. So do you think this is something that once he's been required to do it more regularly, he can adapt it? I do. You mentioned his athleticism. That's exactly it. He's athletic, he's physical, which suits Premier League, which some of the players don't have necessarily um, that come from the Netherlands sometimes. He's got all of those bits of his game he's been developing, especially over those last few months, to be crucial all times PSV. So, again, you would say that is, that is important. He can do it all the time and um, consistently against those tougher teams. Um, this is why it's not Leeds and Southampton going for him anymore. It's Liverpool, Manchester United. This is why he's gone to Liverpool. He's earned this move. 
and um, Van Hal has probably helped him a little bit with that as well, that final tweak on persuading top mm-hmm. teams because he can play in a different position and play it really well. But yeah, the, there are downsides to his game, like every other player, but I think you can get around those with what Liverpool can do. Um, you don't want him in those deeper areas. You don't want him with back to goal. You don't want him um, playing so deep. I mean, I saw one suggestion, can he play as an eight? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> don't put him anywhere near <laughs> the, the deep midfield. Let him be in that final third and be important because that's why he's done so well for PSV. And we've already mentioned the teams, some teams play over high line, the ones that don't. It has been said that sometimes against uh, the deeper, the pat defences, that he can sometimes struggle. But again, I think this is a situation where with Liverpool having such other riches in their forward line, teams are going to have to be spending so much time and effort concentrating on him. He is going to be able to get some more space. And you said yourself that when he's in those positions, his, his output, his end product now, is improved to such a rate that he will still be deadly. I don't think he's going to be a flop. That's what people are trying to indicate. You know, oh, it's a bigger league. It's, it's this, it's that. And I think you're right. It's, the, it's the, the time he's going to have on the ball, which is going to be a little different for him. But it's all these other players Liverpool have got that are going to help him have that space. And I, I can't wait to see him succeed and thrive. I don't think he's going to be the best player in the league all of a sudden. But he will absolutely slot in. He'll fit in. He'll get goals. And he'll be important in setting up goals too. Because um, there are so many other riches, if you like, in this final third for Liverpool. It's elsewhere they need to strengthen, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think he comes into that and adds to what creativity there is already. No, I think that most Liverpool fans hopefully won't be expecting him to play as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that there will be someone else coming in <laughs> to do that job behind him. Um, before we leave, though, I want to touch a little bit more about him as a man because I've kind of mentioned Darwin Nunes a couple of times within this. And I think it's fair to say that Kakbo's got the chance of having an easier adaptation to the league than for Nunes. If you think about his fee is not astronomical. He's not drawing direct comparisons to one of the best players in the world because he signed in the same position at the same time. He speaks the language. Uh, his international captain is in the dressing room alongside him. <laughs> so all of these things are going to help. Yet once the action starts, we know that the pressure will be on him. Those fail compilation creators will be desperate for him to fail just as they were. Does he have that strength of personality, do you think, to be able to handle all these things? I do. There's a few things that persuade me that this... Um, firstly, I should say Van Dyke helped persuade Capo. There was words along the effect of, like, oh, Van Dyke only had um, good things to say about the club, and that's one of the reasons why I'm here. So that's always beneficial. Yeah, he's persuaded him that it's the right place to be, the right environment to be in, um, rather than, say, going to Man United, where he could have perhaps heard from another Dutch teammate, um, such as Donny van der Beek, and, you know, that didn't that didn't therefore happen. I don't know. Um but that was interesting. Also, he spoke recently in the World Cup about how his Christian faith is so important to him. And I think that might, again, play a role in this. He says it does help him with becoming a better player. So, again, you can see that that's, that's part of it. He's got humility. He's a modest kind of character. He comes across that way anyway. Um, certainly in interviews where he speaks so well about how he's just been playing for his club and... He was always happy to stay in the summer if, if that were the case. Um, I've been sharing the story to, to British media about how he, he signed this massive banner that was in the PS3 crowd once, where he he literally went over and there was a massive contract that was saying it was for Cody Hatpo to sign to stay at the club in the summer. And he went over and signed it. 
And um, yeah, he did stay in the end, didn't he, at the club? So that <laughs> it worked out for him. Yeah, I spoke about, about this plan, didn't I? He's a clever, a clever guy. He's modest enough to say, I don't need to leave. I can stay here and be important for PSV and number who's going to come anyway. Yeah, 23. He's turned down Premier League clubs already, stayed, increases output, been pivotal against top sides, won the Dutch Cup and had a great World Cup. So it's what's next for him now. And it's something like this. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to be able to predict how good someone's going to be beforehand. But all of those things that you mentioned are normally good indicators and they all seem to be pointing in the right direction. Um, finally, do you think from his point of view, uh, coming to Liverpool at this time in his career, as opposed to maybe earlier on, I think about maybe his um, former PSV teammate, Xavi Simons, who obviously did leave at a very young age and is now back in the Dutch league. Do you think that this is the perfect time and that will help him be able to kick on once he does arrive? Definitely. The best players at Livio de Vizio around this age, around 22, 23, 24, where they've gone to the top of the area they've done the, the, all that they can. They've shown they can do it in Europe. They've been called up to the national team. It tends to only go well for those players. It doesn't always, of course. But there are other players in the Dutch national team that have gone on to do really good things. I mean, Frankie de Jong is one of them, where he's not the best time at Barcelona, let's say. But he's still one of the best midfielders in the world. And if he has the right support around him, he's probably the best. Um, he left Ajax not exactly a very young age, and he's um, able to play at Barcelona. And people think that he's, he deserves more games there. Anyway, him aside, other players have done the same. They're, they're in the Dutch national team now. Um it's like Denzel Dumfries is an example. He left PSV at a good age. He developed there a lot, got a lot of games there, um, you know, captain the side there, and has gone on to develop in a different country. And he's a really good, useful weapon for the Netherlands now. You can see that he's continued to do that. He hasn't just fallen away. An example where it hasn't gone well would be um, people won't be aware of Ryan Kravenberg. I think I came on this podcast before and talked about him. He's someone who is a very promising player, full of potential left Ajax, left the Eredivisie way too early as a teenager. Look what's happening. He's won the bench at Bayern Munich, didn't get his World Cup. Capo's done the right thing by not moving quite so soon. He's, he's, he, has that, he's, he has that modesty, he has that um, confidence and listens to people around him about what the right thing to do is. So this is the right time to, to move on. I mean, an example again of where maybe it wasn't quite the right time, what maybe leaving it six or 12 months um, too early to go was Anthony. I don't think he should have left Manchester United as early as he did. I think the transfer fee was inf- way too inflated for him. I think Hatpo is a mm-hmm. better player than Anthony. And I, and I think that Hatpo will now go on to a better time at the top of the Premier League to begin with than what Anthony's had because of that. And I think he's left at the right time. Um, and Anthony maybe quite hadn't timed it right. Well, Michael, trust me, that is music to the ears of every single Liverpool (laughs) fan. And if it doesn't turn out that way, I promise I won't personally hold you to those words as well. But (laughs) thank you so much for joining us and giving us some really good insight into the man that we are getting, Liverpool's new number 18. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.